0: number three of the john and leah show my name is john Ziegler. my co-host is leah brandon each week we get together we talk about the news of the week the events of our lives and we do so in an entertaining informative and unique fashion we're heard on 20 different stations throughout this formerly great nation of ours our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. Uh, we're done with the uh, the politics for this particular program, but uh, well, we got. To... <laughs> oh come on! There's a lot of interesting things to talk about <laughs> in politics these days, but there's a, a whole bunch of other other um, fascinating stories that I want to get to between now and the end of uh, this, our third and final hour. Uh, Leah, there's no question that my greatest passion on this show is issues related to the news media. If I had to say what number two is, it would probably be related to our younger generation, meaning people under the age of 25, maybe the under the age of 30, depending on what the subject is, because I am of the very strong belief that something fundamental has changed about... Uh, are under 30 crowd and i realize see i I think this is a trap i realize that there's a cliche that everybody thinks that once they get to a certain age i'm 48 years old everybody thinks oh you know the younger generation it's never been so bad well two miles to school uphill in the snow right right right. i get that i i'm I'm actually i'm already um i'm i'm factoring that in to my evaluation that there must be some sort of generational bias however i actually think that that cliche is a trap for making us not realize how obvious it is that something really has changed you follow i i
1: totally agree with you uh just just from a job
0: perspective outlook yeah i mean that's just one angle you ever tried to work with somebody under the age of 30 (laughs) I mean it's almost they don't have a career. Uh, they, There's
1: it, no career in mind for them. Uh, they
0: have I mean the idea of hard work or right. enduring uh, any semblance of adversity or uh, or being forget I mean, forget about being yelled at, being corrected, scolded, I mean none of that even figures into their equation at all. I mean they right. I don't know how to deal with them. I, I used to coach high school sports. I've coached football, basketball and golf. I can't do it anymore. And and you know, I've done it fairly successfully. I don't know how to relate cuz the rules have completely changed from what I grew up in and you know, I didn't I'm not that flipping old. It's not, it's not like I'm <laughs> 80 years old. I, mean, I and, and you know, so and I've had a lot of contact with with younger generation uh, you know through coaching and other elements of my life and I just, I'm, I'm baffled. I'm concerned. And the last couple of weeks, we've, we've talked about surveys that have indicated that college kids have no interest in defending free speech rights. They have no concept no. of what free speech is. They become PC as all get out. Uh, there's a couple more stories that relate to that that we'll get to later on in this hour. But there was a survey this week re- de- uh, dealing with the issue of religion that I thought was worthy of mention uh, specifically because of what's going on with religion and younger generation, the younger generation. This is from Reuters. Americans are becoming less religious, judging by such markers as church attendance, prayer, and belief in God. And the trend is more pronounced among young adults, according to a poll released this week. The share of U.S. adults who say they believe in God, while still high compared to with other advanced industrial countries, slipped to 89% in 2014 from 92% in 2007. So it's gone down 3% during the era of Obama. Uh, The proportion of Americans who say they are absolutely certain that God exists fell even more, from 63% in 2014, from 71% before Obama was elected in 2007. The percentage of Americans who pray every day, attend religious services regularly, and consider religion important in their lives are down by small but statistically significant measures. The trend is most pronounced among young adults, with only half of those born from 1990 to 1996 absolutely certain of their belief in God. Half. This is wow. compared to 71% of those born between 1928 and 1945. Younger people are also less likely to pray daily, uh, which only 39% pray daily compared to older generation Americans at 67%. Young adults are also less likely to attend religious services. Now, I, I come at this from a somewhat interesting perspective. Uh, because I'm not a particularly religious, religious person. I grew up Catholic uh, outside of the Philadelphia area. I went to a Catholic high school. I went to a Catholic college, Georgetown University, or allegedly a Catholic college in Georgetown <laughs> University in Washington, D.C. Uh, but I refer to myself as a recovering Catholic. I'm recovering from being Catholic. However, while I am not religious, quote-unquote, in a, in a classical sense, I am someone who firmly believes that, Without religion, we are doomed as a society. Amen. We that are... is so true. And here's why we're doomed: as as all these other social uh, phenomenon are occurring, you know, as we're as the fabric of our society is being torn apart, and uh, if the economy gets worse and all hell breaks loose, the only thing that is going to keep society remotely together is the belief of some people that. If they do something wrong, they might get punished for it somewhere else down the line, yeah. whether, whether that's in death or somewhere else. So it is incredibly important. It is paramount that a society like ours, a allegedly free society, have a significant number of people who believe that something other than the government is keeping an eye on them and can instill some semblance of right and wrong and discipline. And once we've lost that, We've lost the last element holding it us together. The last glue uh, when this fabric tears apart is going with it. And that's what's really going to be scary to me, Leah Brandon. It's it, going to be evil unleashed. And and I, by the way, I don't even believe those numbers. See cuz I That's
1: way too high. Cuz
0: I think people lie ironically <laughs> enough considering the subject is religion.
1: Cuz they're talking about religion. Right.
0: I think it, it is inherent that most people are going to be far more pro-religion talking to somebody in a a poll than they are in reality. Because everybody wants to think of themselves as a good person and a religious person. Oh, yes, I pray. Yes, I go to religious. So it's inherently overstated. And the fact that it's going down so significantly and so significantly among younger people, I think is really problematic. And it it also goes to this subject, which we started this discussion on, which is, has something fundamentally changed with the younger generation? Something that is different than prior generations. And, you know, I have this conversation with my father constantly because uh, my father's now in his mid 70s and you know, he's starting to think about, you know, it's almost time to go- say goodbye. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, when the crap hits the fan here economically, because it's going to eventually. Oh, yes, it is. What do I do? How do I keep my family remotely safe? Where do I put my money? And he's an optimist by my nature. I'm a pessimist. And, and, you know, I keep telling him, Dad, you don't understand that when things hit the, the crap hits the fan. Now, it's not going to be like when you were young, when you went through a war, my father lived through the second world war, you know, in and, and, and incredibly difficult economic times, because then people believed in religion. They did, and you know what? Neighbors helped neighbors, and they believed in a country, and, and, and they loved the country, right? And so the two things that are that hold you together—the love of country and the, and the and frankly the fear sometimes of religion or or embracing of religion—those things that their bond has weakened dramatically. Yes, and and also the third pillar of this is expectations for life are out of control. I mean, when, they are, Dad. When you were a kid, you thought one spoonful of ice cream was uh, nirvana i mean that was that was christmas day (laughs) i mean the the kids kids today are so unbelievably spoiled and their expectations for life are so out of control that when they don't get those expectations met it's going to be chaos it's going to be all hell breaking loose and without religion there'll be nothing to hold it together so I'm not happy. I note. agree. All right, well, I agree. Oh, unfortunately, I'm sad. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy we agree on that because I think we're probably at least
1: probably I'm right. in Alabama. There's right. lots uh, of religion here. Yeah,
0: you, you guys will survive more than we will here in L. A. That's and for we sure. got guns too. Uh, that's yeah, guns and religion will hold things together <laughs> a hell of a lot more than you're going to see here in Los Angeles. That's Because right. we don't even have a religion. I uh, forget about religion. We don't even have a language to hold us together. Um, <laughs> now when we come back, speaking of religion, maybe my favorite story of the week. Dealing with uh, who thinks global warming, the left's religion, is a fraud on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And Leah, as you know, I often say that we have left the gravitational pull of the rational earth and that we're now living in an upside down world. Up is down, down is up, right is wrong, wrong is right. Evil is good. Yeah, everything is opposite. And uh, so with that in mind, as 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 a child of the 80s, where, you know, I I thought that everything the Soviet Union stood for was terrible and everything the United States stood for was great. And, you know, the 1980 Olympic hockey victory was one of the highlights (laughs) of my life. Miracle on ice. Right. I found it it very, very odd that I read the following article with a smile on my face. It's an article about global warming and Russia. And it's in the New York Times. And it starts off about how, you know, climate scientists are convinced that Siberian – Uh, uh, summers are getting hotter and there's more forest fires and that's all because of global warming. And then they write, but the Russian public heard little mention of climate change because media coverage across state-controlled television stations and print media, by the way, as if our TV stations...
1: Is not (laughs) state-controlled. It's
0: not state-controlled on the issue of global warming, that's for sure. They all but ignored it in Russia. On national TV, the villains... ...were locals who routinely but carelessly burn off tall grasses every year. Imagine <laughs> that. And the sometimes incompetent crews struggling to put the fires out. Imagine
1: that. Oh, that makes more sense, doesn't it?
0: While Western media have examined the role of rising temperatures and drought... ...in this year's record wildfires in North America... That's not true. ...Russian media continue to pay little attention to an issue... ...that animates so much of the rest of the world. The indifference reflects widespread public doubt that human activities play a significant role in global warming. Yeah, a, a tone set by President Vladimir Putin, who has offered only vague and modest pleasure, pledges of admissions cuts ahead of December's UN Climate Summit in Paris. Russia's official view appears to have changed little since 2003 when Putin told an international climate conference, get this, I love this, I can't believe I'm moving what Putin says, that that warmer temperatures would mean Russians would, quote, spend less money on fur coats. There you go. Well, agricultural specialists say our grain production will increase. And thank God. And thank God for that. See. President Putin believes that, quote, there is no global warming, that this is a fraud to restrain the industrial development of several countries, including Russia. That is why this subject is not typical, uh, not topical for the majority of the Russian mass media and society in general. So there we have it, Leah, where the world is now so upside down that our alleged enemy russia with the most evil guy in the you know organized world vladimir putin he's the one who's right on this issue that's right he's the one speaking sense and it's the state controlled media of russia who's getting it more right than the Actual but allegedly not state-controlled media of the United States of America as typified by the New York Times from which I just read. That's how yep. upside down the world is. That, I know. Isn't it crazy?
1: It is and, crazy.
0: And, and well, we, we continually, almost every week, this week there was another story where NASA had to begrudgingly announce that, oh, by the way, um, Ant, the uh, ice in Antarctica is actually uh, increasing. <laughs> Um, and has been for quite a while, but don't get your panties all in a bunch. Don't go crazy and think the global warming isn't actually happening, even though the ice is increasing. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what, I mean, They, they even when they say the truth, they have to basically apologize for it because yes, it's a, do. it's against their religion. They're so afraid of being called, you know, blessed. yeah (laughs) if you don't getting fired oh yeah i mean they'll be tossed he said it again (laughs) that's that's their view i mean global warming is flat out a religion it is a religion of the left now as i've said many times is the war is the globe warming maybe so we don't know we we have no idea but like there's a
1: pause for 18 years
0: I agree with that, but we don't know for sure. I mean, that's a blink of an eye in the overall scheme of things. But I agree with Vladimir Putin. My ultimate argument on global warming is the globe is too damn cold as it is. A little warming would be good. And and we can't do anything about this anyway. That's the other ultimate Trump, Trump card. There's nothing we can do. Period. End of sentence. Putin gets it right. Obama, totally wrong. Unbelievable. All right, when we come back, um, and a couple more unbelievable stories on the John and Leah Show and the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. You're listening to The John and Leah Show. My name is John Zickler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. We're heard on 20 different stations, most of them in major markets throughout the United States of America, including in New York City and in Los Angeles. And in the last couple of segments, a couple of very interesting stories I want to get to, one of which got zero media coverage for reasons I think will be apparent. Uh, Leah, this week there was a survey released by an organization called the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which did a (laughs) a survey of the countries in the world, on the earth, with the best quality of life. Okay. Now, as I read the top ten nations, I want you to think about what they have in common. Because they have at least, as far as I can tell, two things in common, both of which uh, are incredibly politically incorrect, and why this survey got no media play that I could see. Okay. Uh, All right. Number 10, Denmark. Number 9, New Zealand. Number 8, Netherlands. Number 7, Sweden. Number 6, Canada. Number five, the good old United States of America still barely hanging in there in the top ten. Number four, Australia. Number three, Switzerland. Number two, Iceland. Number one, the country with the best quality of life in all the world, Norway. <laughs> now, now could can, can you pick up on it? I'm, I'm not going to ask for, I mean, if you get two, that's great. Oh, no, I
1: got it. All right, what'd you get? So get I got the... I got the biggest one. Which is what? Well I mean, we got a lot of blonde blue eyed people there. <laughs> you know
0: what I'm saying? Yes, you have a majority white population in every single one of those countries. Yep. Now, I mean that could just be a coincidence. I'm sure it must be a coincidence because I've been taught that white people are inferior in every man mo-
1: that diversity
0: is inherently is really- good. Hey, I've been taught that diversity is inherently good. Diversity for the sake of diversity is good. Yet That's for, right. for some reason, the top 10 nations in the world with the best quality of life are all majority white with almost no diversity except the United States, and we're down to number five, who knows, maybe because of our diversity. The other thing which is related to the lack of diversity is that other than Switzerland, which is a truly unique country because of... Uh, the nature of, of the of the nation of Switzerland right there in the middle of Europe uh, is that every single one of the other nine has a, a body of water protecting it from from massive immigration and so you know when you think about this this makes sense yes. right I mean so I mean if you add, in order to be able to remotely control immigration, it, unless you're going to have a wall, you've got to have an ocean or a major right. ma- major body of water. And all of the other nine do. And right. so, um, so, so I guess the, the key here in the, in the politically incorrect—
1: Isolationism. Right.
0: Isolationism and as many white people as possible. <laughs> and you're going to have the best quality of life. But that, of course, that is not a narrative that will fit anything that the news media That, was, that is, wasn't on the CBS Evening no, News. No, didn't make it. All right. Now, another story that is <laughs> is the inverse, which did get a lot of play, which I'm fascinated by. And boy, I wish we had more time for. Um, it comes out of California and Berkeley High School. Berkeley, California. Now, it's possible you heard about this story last week. And then all of a sudden you heard nothing here's <laughs> here's the story all right as we were told and, right. and again i love the incredibly naive delusional view of the average academic person in this country so here's what we were told that a high school in berkeley again liberal berkeley bastion, high school right right the <laughs> liberal bastion of berkeley uh, so you, you've got a high school in berkeley where the students have walked out. Thousands of students have walked out and are rallying because of a racist hate crime. That's how it was described. A hate crime. In fact, the first article I saw on this, you would have thought, that someone was killed. Yeah, someone was killed. That it was a right. that, That's how it was described. That, yes, but that, that someone that they're looking, they're on the lookout for someone right. who would commit a heinous, horrible hate crime and had beaten the crap out of a poor black person. No, 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 yes. no, no. That's not what happened. Here's what happened. In the library, someone found, not on a Facebook post, nothing public. Someone found an image that someone had created on a library computer that that was of a racist nature and which indicated that in December they were going to try to lynch somebody lynch lynch Whoa. lynch a black person december 9th i think was the date and somebody found this on a computer again it was sent nowhere it wasn't even an email this was an image that was created which it appears was done kind of like a computer hacking, where that that one computer was hacked to where that like that was the screensaver. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. not, I may not be describing it exactly right, but that's the essence of it. That so it was found only on the school computer. Now, so there's a huge walkout in the library. In the library, huge walkout. There's 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 no riots. In fact, these kids seemed awfully happy to be out of school. Imagine that. Why is there a walkout? Oh, because this is outrageous. This is the this is the most hideous thing that could possibly happen to a school. <laughs> somebody, somebody posted something racist! Oh, oh my, my god! Gosh. Oh, 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 oh How can we survive? <laughs> How can we survive? How can we go on? This isn't oh this is the worst thing that could possibly happen in 2015 America. And again, I'm not justifying it, I'm not defending it, but folks, there's a hell of a lot worse things that can happen. So here's what so the so the school officials put out all these these incredibly dramatic statements we will. it's like it's like you know Bush after 911 we will find these people we will track them down we will not let this stand you're this, with us or you're against this us. exactly I mean this is like a 9/11 response this is this is they're their responding to the liberal academic version of 9/11 all right and then nothing. silence. The school very quietly announces, "Oh, um, we we uh, have identified. <laughs> we've identified the person who um, posted this on the library, um, and we did this through uh, computer forensics. They they have uh, confessed to us, um, but we're not going to say what we're going to do to this person. And let's let's just all get along. And can we just just pretend this never happened? Who um, was this person? Oh, we don't know because they're not giving the name." Now, now, I want you to do the math on this story, okay? Uh, let, let, let's pretend. Let's pretend for a second that the person who was found to have created this library post uh, in the Berkeley High School Library was a white male, right? If this was a white male, there, is, walk. there is zero chance, zero chance that that name, even if the, if the people at the school wanted to keep that name quiet, that the, the, the kids at the school would let that happen because everyone oh, well, he's a terrorist absolutely clearly uh, it would be justified you know, even though he's a juvenile it would be justified because this is the most horrible crime that anyone could possibly commit we must it's i'm sorry we must eradicate this we might miss must make an example of this person yep. and none of that happened and we've heard nothing since the school is saying nothing about what they will do to this person they're not saying who it is And anybody with a BS detector where their batteries have been put into it in the last eight months will tell you what the reality is. The reality is it was a black kid. I guarantee you. I guarantee there is absolutely no possible way that the kid who did this was not at least partially black. Because if it was white we would be still hearing about it. We would be hearing everything about it. And, and, the, and what further substantiates this is that this is part of a trend. Not, tr- not a trend. This is basically, until proven otherwise, you must presume that these types of so-called hate crimes are, are Fake. Fake. All of them. Every one of them on a school ground. Absolutely. And why? And why is that? Think about. I don't know. No, no. It's very logical. It's very logical as to why it is. Everybody knows that a college or a high school is the most politically correct, anti-racism place on the planet, right? So if you're a racist, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I realize racists aren't that bright, but it's the last place you're going to really let it all hang out right unless unless you are unless you're suicidal however because it's so pc if you're someone who wants to create a scene or True. maybe or maybe get a day off from school or right. maybe or maybe get attention or maybe just create the further perception that oh my god my people are under siege as black people you know you're going to be believed immediately. You know it's going to get a reaction. Oh, yeah. And CNN's coming. Exactly. Al Sharpton. You, yeah, and plus we get a day off of school. I mean, so, <laughs> so it's obvious who has the incentive here. The person who has an incentive to create this hate incident is the black guy, the black kid who wants right. to create attention. The white, if, if, the, if, a, if there is such a white supremacist moron— you have to be really idiotic to, to go and do it that way, especially on a computer in a school where they're going to be able to trace it back. So, True. so anyway, the reality is this was a fraud and I'm sensing, uh, let me let you know i'm not going to prejudice my my comments on it when we come back we got to talk about what's going on at the university of missouri with the football (laughs) team there because there's
1: movement tonight there's
0: movement tonight we'll talk about it in the final segment of the program when we come back on the john and leah show on the free speech broadcasting network This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And, Leah, as we look ahead to this week, my sense is that this story out of the University of Missouri is either going to be the biggest story of the week or it's going to be put out in the next 24 to 48 hours, and and it'll be a non-story. But this has the potential to be, in the words of Donald Trump, Huge. Uh, huge. Huge, because we're seeing something that in my lifetime has never happened before, at least not for such a seemingly absurd reasons. But the University of Missouri football team is essentially on strike currently yeah. uh, for reasons that I don't fully understand. It Basically, they are on strike until the president of the university gets fired, all right. because— They think that there have been several episodes... That the pre, re, re, somehow racial
1: slurs
0: related to race, to where the president hasn't basically what I'm getting, Leah, is because the president hasn't completely rushed the judgment and done something insane, right? In response to these alleged racial episodes, he should be fired. It reminds me very much of Don Lemon from CNN having a pe- petition to fire him because he said, "Let's not rush the judgment on the South Carolina deputy in the classroom." I mean, that's,
1: yeah, you can't have that now.
0: You you, you must rush the judgment you must rush to judgment <laughs> immediately if, if there's a racial issue involved we we are it's an moral imperative to rush to judgment because if you don't rush to judgment you must be racist in some way
1: exactly <laughs> That's a, exactly
0: how crazy is that um but you know, the, the only actual episode that appears to to have some evidence behind it is what sounds to me Leak, tell me if you agree like okay. a classic hoax hate crime which is we apparently in the midst racist of, banana No, this wasn't a banana <laughs> it doesn't get any worse than the racist banana which we talked about several times last I, year i love that story uh, but uh, that's one of my favorites too because it was so obviously bogus um well this is almost as obviously bogus no we don't have the racist banana we, we have we have the human uh, Feces smeared swastika. No. Uh, <laughs> now, now, that does there's that? No way. No way.
1: No, no. No there's chance. No way.
0: That's no, real. I agree with you. That I mean that. You know, even Ben Carson says, "You know what? That doesn't sound plausible." I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: Liberals—they always overplay their hand.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, the human feces smeared swastika <laughs> to me, immediately until proven otherwise, is bullcrap. All right, that—that <laughs> that is a complete fake hoax. Produce, poke, right? produce the swastika. Right. Well, I mean that considering it's human feces, that might be. <laughs> No, that was one of those crimes better left unsolved, really. <laughs> uh, but but here's the deal. So so you're the president in Missouri, and, yeah. and, and and you're not you know a complete idiot, presumably. You you have to look at that and go, you know what? That there might be something fishy going on there. Maybe I shouldn't go crazy haywire in overreacting to this. So, but that, that to me, from what I can tell from the stories involving the University of Missouri, that's like their number one complaint. Now, there are a couple of other things. There's a guy on a hunger strike because he doesn't feel like he got any justice for having been called racially motivated names. And there was some somebody else who might have been called the N-word. And I'm thinking...
1: Okay, really? wait. Racial slurs and other slights. Is actually what the AP is saying about that guy.
0: Other slights, slights, and, and you know what that sounds like to me. One of the which is I which is one of the things that burns me most about how absurd our racial conversation have gotten. To young black men, if they or if if anything goes against yes. them, they think ah, oh, it must be because my, of race. my race. When when mm-hmm. of course. Most of the time, it's exactly the opposite. Yeah. No, they,
1: you're just a bad football player. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You just suck. I mean, <laughs> that's. And, you didn't make the team. Uh, it's, but the. T- and, and so, can you imagine, by the way, being a, a white guy on the University of Missouri football team because now you are obligated to go along with the strike that the black kids initiated because if you don't, you're the racist. Right? Uh, That's how crazy things have gotten. You must go along. Otherwise, you're the bad guy. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm not close enough to the situation. And it, it, the whole well, thing- they're
1: camping out right now. Uh, FYI, there are 150. Count them. 150 protesters on the campus. Uh, let's see. They are... Uh, singing songs and chanting yeah. and by the way they're huddling together wrapped in blankets according to the associated press yeah. because the overnight temperatures could get into the 40s oh my well, and two count them two university police cars are keeping watch
0: Now, that's some real adversity for this generation. I mean, (laughs) camping out in the 40-degree temperatures, that, wow, I don't know if they're going to be able to make that. Uh, Look, um, this is is a a brand-new level of insanity. And, of course, the media, especially the sports media, which is as politically correct as it gets, is going to back these Missouri players. So this might be a situation that doesn't have a a good resolution, and I'll be curious to see how it does turn out. Now, speaking of college football – I have to mention, because I've been spending the last three and a half years of my life on this, uh, that tomorrow, not only do we have the podcasts from this particular program available at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, but tomorrow is the fourth anniversary of the uh, incredibly, horrifically unfair firing of Penn State football coach Joe Paterno. No rush to judgment there. Well, exactly. It's incredibly similar. I mean, you know, a university immediately rushed to judgment to a politically correct and 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 nonsensical conclusion, all because they were afraid of a media firestorm because moronic sports reporters thought they knew what had happened after two days uh, following a three year investigation. When three and a half years later, we still don't know for sure exactly what did and did not happen. Uh, it's, It's one of the most horrendous travesties of justice that i've ever seen uh, i've uh, devoted an enormous amount of time to researching it i've appeared on the today show with matt lauer twice to discuss it i have a website uh, called framing paterno it's not a conspiracy theory it's not literal it's figurative FramingPaterno.com. if you're interested in the story especially if you're in philadelphia or pittsburgh where we're broadcast uh, each and every Sunday I urge you to take a a look at it there's a ton of stuff there Uh, you'll never get through all of it but it really goes to show one the specifics of the travesty done to Joe Paterno and what a, you know, what can happen to anybody in this media age. This right. inst, instant justice era of Twitter and Facebook and uh, we, must, we must rush to judgment otherwise we're not doing our job in the mainstream news media because after all the ratings might not be there tomorrow so we need to do this today. If it can happen to somebody like Joe Paterno after 61 years at the same university, something that's never ever 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 going to happen again um, who I had no connection to. i have no connection to penn state university in fact you know i have great disdain for the leadership at penn state university for how they handle that whole situation it's really a remarkable story about what the news media can do in this day and age and how facts logic justice mean nothing anymore uh, once a media firestorm starts once it starts look out you're uh, done yeah because the truth ain't going to help you. The truth has no power anymore. So check that out, uh, www.framingpaterno.com. And our website where the podcast will be tomorrow morning, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Uh, Leah, as always, thanks so much uh, for your great help this weekend. Had a wonderful time. Did you really? I did. Okay. It was fun show tonight. All right. Well, I'm glad you felt that way. At least one person did. Uh, <laughs> you have a great week. I'll talk to you next Sunday. Until then, I'm John Ziegler. Have a great week. See you next week, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. So long, everybody.